from the campus of Gardner-Webb University. Welcome to Web Chat. I'm Noel T. Manning II, and on this show, we're going to explore the people, programs, and the possibilities of life at the web. Uh, today's guest, Micah Martin and Shay Mattingly from the Center for Personal and Professional Development. Did I get it right? Mm-hmm. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> it is. Well, welcome, uh, the, the Center for Personal and Professional Development. Welcome. So glad to have both of you today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for letting us be here. Well, a, a lot happens in your in your office. A lot happens in your area, and we're hoping to be able to cover some of those things today. And for for folks listening that may not have an idea of what the Center for Personal and Professional Development is, just give us some background on the office and what it provides for students and also um, alumni, correct? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we serve... All of our students, regardless of their major, regardless of their degree, uh, undergrads, graduates, and all of our alumni. As long as you graduate from Gardner-Webb, this is a service that follows you from now on. Um, You know, we're the Career Center on campus, so it's the title is a little uh, large and long, and it wasn't by our design, but I think it (laughs) encapsulates what we hope happens as a part of this, that so much about what we're doing in college is developing students professionally. But it's also personal development, too, and that definitely is not something you can separate from your professional life. Um, But as a career center, we do all those typical things. You know, it's uh, resume development, practicing your interview skills, uh, learning how to network. And the big thing is learning how to search for jobs and internships. And so those typical services you find on any campus, we're we're doing those. But we also do a lot of leadership development, a lot of things with emotional intelligence, and some of the residual, what we would call life skills that you hope you leave college with, but we want to make sure you leave college with. Now, you talked a little bit about some of the things provided, like workshops, seminars, uh, and other opportunities, or other things to touch on and specifically relating to that? Yeah, so something that this past year we've really tried to switch to is more of a classroom targeted model. So we, during COVID, we had a lot of general workshops and we put most of those on YouTube because we found students would more likely to go to YouTube and watch it on their own time than come at 9.25 Thursday morning to a workshop. And so we put a lot of those on YouTube. Um, And so we've tried to switch to more of a targeted classroom model. So we go into classrooms and we're able to talk to certain students about maybe this class or this major needs more of interview experience. And this one needs more of resume or LinkedIn. And so um, we found that getting our information in front of students in the classroom is the best way we can get our information out to a lot of students. Instead of just hoping they come to workshops, we can target a lot of students. And also it's a little bit more individualized per major and per degree. Um, so that's something we've done last year. And how how many? Well, just in the fall, we did 97 yeah. programs and sessions wow. across campus, and mm-hmm. most of those in the classroom. And, and we couldn't do that without the faculty. These faculty mm-hmm. know best what their students' needs are based on who they are, what the particular class is, the level of student, sophomore, junior, et cetera. Um, and like Shay said, it helps us craft things that are really customized for their needs. What, what a nursing student needs is similar to what a business school student needs, but not exactly the same. And mm-hmm. so we try to make sure that we're doing as much as we can to customize that. I think that's great. And, and I, I think there's incredible value to that. I mean, I think specifically about uh, a degree like uh, communication studies uh, in that area, portfolio is so huge. You know, having that body of work that you can show when you leave here, whether it's uh, you know writing or, or video or photography, that helps and can help students get their uh, foot in the door for internships and especially jobs down the road as well. So I'm glad that you're looking at it not as uh, 
just a whole, but also very, very focused on what the needs are per, per mm-hmm. major and per career path. Yeah. And we still do a few, you know, special in-person workshops. And those are, I think, my, one of my favorite things that we do is um, this past spring, we did an HR 101 where we brought in Esther Porter and Eric Plemons to talk to students about, hey, how do you fill out those forms once you get hired? Like, how do you look at a benefits package? All that stuff's really confusing if you've never had to do it before. Um, Even if you have. It's exactly. Still it's still confusing, 100%. Um, and then we did a personal finance workshop where we brought someone in from Fifth Third Bank to talk to students about, okay, how do you build credit? How should how do you protect your money? Um, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we try to gear those really towards seniors going into the work world. Um, and then we do some fun workshops too, some more of that personal development. But we do car care workshop. We did some cooking classes. Um, you know, just things that, hey, here's how to cook a meal in 30 minutes, you know, if you don't have time. So it's just um, a lot of those workshops are probably some of my favorite things um, that we offer. Well, the, the resources that you have are only as good as the people willing to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have all the bells and whistles in the world, but if, if people are not utilizing them, then they're missing out. They can be missing out. So are there resources that you feel are underutilized that you would love to see uh, more students and maybe even alums get involved with? I think for me, it's the workshops. It's those workshops right there that I think personally are underutilized. We'll we'll hear from alumni Mm -hmm. after the fact that, man, I wish I had gone to that when I was a senior. Mm -hmm. Well, we do too. We wish you participated in it because most of the ideas for those life skills things came out of focus groups we did with seniors a couple years back, right before COVID. And we asked the question, you know, you, you've gotten so many things out of out of life at Gardner Webb, but what are the things you feel like you wish you had had gleaned that you know you're leaving college without? And cooking came up as one. Wow. Um, uh, the both the personal finance and the HR stuff mm-hmm. came up. Uh, the car care thing came up. And again, Shay and I don't offer these as as programs we lead. We have to bring in guests who are expert in those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that that when we offer something like that, we want to see an auditorium full. And we, we don't often see that. Um, but that's where the model that Shay described earlier has been so helpful, moving things into the classroom and letting faculty help us guide students towards the information they need most is has, has sort of changed the game for us. Yeah, I think also providing the virtual component or, or you know the YouTube-type videos mm-hmm. that are there that mm-hmm. students can always go back to or alums can go we, to. And, and Shay alluded to that. We created that primarily because of COVID mm-hmm. initially because we couldn't do these things face-to-face for most of a year. Um, and we maybe have 25 out there on YouTube. But mm-hmm. in addition to that, we created for each of those videos, there's a little online module that's sort of like a, almost like if you were taking a self-paced course um, and it has little quizzes and things you can do. And it takes about 20 minutes to take one of those. So for some students who maybe need a little more visual um you know, on-screen reading type of a module that's that works in addition to the video, and it sort of you know reinforces what's going, what's being gone over uh, and covered in a video. You talk about personal development, professional development. That's in the name. A few years ago, there was a program called PRE that was getting started, the Professional Readiness Experience, which ties right into your office. I mean, it's in the name. So, <laughs> talk about what the professional readiness experience is and what are the benefits that it can provide students. Yeah, the professional readiness experience came out of sort of uh, an increase in high-impact practices that Gardner-Webb was 
very intent on uh, in this really was in 2015. I think we really started working on this, but it was to make sure that across majors, regardless of students, that everybody leaves with as much professional preparedness as possible. And again, it's different for each major. You know, what a nursing student does is preparing them in, in, in a sort of different way than maybe what a business major or a communications major is doing. But it was the, the intent to make sure that this is built into the curriculum, that it's not optional any longer. And so for a lot of our majors, it's an internship, which we assume and I think a lot of folks outside of the college world just assume, well, everybody does an internship. Well, most Gardner-Webb students do, um, some by choice, some because it's required. Um, but in addition to that, certain majors have found that a, a course, sort of a capstone course that's, that's just about professional preparation in their field is, is just as helpful or beneficial um, as an internship. I think about in, in the natural sciences, they've created a, a course for their students that um, is in addition to internships where the entire semester is spent on preparing for the field of natural sciences. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, internships, you mentioned that. And when I was in college, I was a non-traditional student. I had come back after a, a few years of life, life, <laughs> um, outside of uh, academics. But when I came back, I was ready. And I knew that I wanted to pursue the best academic career I could, but also wanted to enjoy college life. But for me, I understood the importance of internships. So I did six internships when I was wow. a college wow. student because I, I knew generally the career I wanted to go into, but I just didn't know which branch of that career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I tried internships in several different areas. And through that, I learned the things that I was uh, really good at. I learned the things that I really loved. I also learned things I didn't really want to do. So um, where have you found, uh, giving, getting feedback from students, um, where have you found the most value in internships that you've seen personally? I think it, pretty much exactly what you said. Okay. You know, students um, just, it's that real world experience that they probably can't get until they have a degree. And so the internship's the only real way to get that and to really see, is this what I want to do? And so a lot of students do use it as kind of a weed out as like, okay, I really don't want to do this. But a lot of times it'll lead to a full-time job. And that's, you know, our favorite stories is when they get yeah. offered a job and, um, and it's also networking that students don't realize it, but they're networking with, you know, your boss, they might not be able to hire you, but they know someone in the same field that might have a position open. So, um, it's that networking. And that's why we try to co- have students do it junior year, like summer of junior right. year. Just so, like you said, you do an internship. If you realize you didn't like it, you have another, you have more time to right. maybe get another internship or do some, you know, job shadowing, that kind of stuff. So that way you really figure out what your skill set is good for. Yeah. And if you do a good job of the internship, it also provides a reference mm-hmm. for future jobs yep. down yeah. the road as well. I, I can think of a student in the business school several summers ago that I, I ran into him right as we were coming back into the fall in August. And I said, Hey, how was your internship? I know you internshiped over in Shelby. Uh, he was an accounting major and he said, he said, well, the good thing is I know I don't ever want to work in taxes. <laughs> and he said, but I would not have known that had I not mm-hmm. t- had that internship. But I can think about a student, <clears throat> Michaela Fuster. She was um, doing, she started in computer science, but ended up doing information technologies. Michaela got an internship during COVID, remote internship, and still all throughout COVID, we never had a student not be able to find an internship if they wanted one. The remote internships just became a thing, and they're still a thing. But Michaela uh, got an internship with the Hartford. Hartford is sort of corporate insurance, and she was doing a lot of um, really getting into the world of big big data. And she had already done an internship with Cleveland County Schools doing educational data. But Hartford gave her an opportunity. 
that turned into a full-time job. So she graduated, walked right into this uh, fully remote, fully, you know, online world of the career world that she had prepared for as an intern. And uh, I mean, it was one of those things that she said, you know, had I not had this opportunity, this job would have probably not even been something I would have known about. Um, but the internship for so many of our students leads to not only entry into an industry, but sometimes becomes, you know, that thing just turns into a new opportunity with the company they interned with. And that's pretty common. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's a big piece of, of what you're sort of the benefit of the internship for most students is the experience. But a lot of it, it's the it's the opening of that door. Yeah. And uh, a small campus like Gardner-Webb, um, relationships are so huge between uh, faculty and student and, and staff and student as well. Uh, I've seen on numerous occasions faculty having a direct connection with helping students with internships, whether it help, helping them to get placed or at least, you know, pitching ideas, hey, you may want to contact you know, Bobby Joe Hurley out there at the racetrack. He might have something for you. Um, do you have examples that you've seen relating to that faculty or staff connection with students and, and how they can help with internships? Yeah, I mean, faculty, they have to approve the internships in the first place. So um, that's our always our first step is telling the student, hey, have you talked to your faculty advisor? Because they're the ones that have to approve it. It's not Micah and I that approve these internships. Right. It's their faculty. And, you know, they have, a lot of our faculty have set these pipelines up, you know, that they're like, hey, this person's leaving this internship this summer. If you need an internship in the fall, they're, you know, they're leaving that. And so they kind of, right. okay, we have a student prepared for this. And so uh, we really rely heavily on those faculty relationships because they, you know, they know where all the students have done their internships and they have good relationships with those people. And so they can kind of help place those students with, hey, I think your skill set really matches this and this would be a really good avenue for you. Um, so we really, you know, rely heavily on the and, on the faculty. And I think where we partner is we feel like it's our job to use the internship search process mm-hmm. as practice for the job search yeah. process. Mm-hmm. If yeah. we can teach you how to search for an internship, land an internship and do all those steps towards that <clears throat> and it go and it, and it you know be a successful outcome, you're not going to have trouble finding a job one day, mm-hmm. especially in this market, but you'll know how to do those things. But I think a lot of times the faculty do this in a good way. They rely on us for that preparation, and students rely on them for those connections. Um, We've talked about this in our office a bunch and in student development, but Richard Light had a book called Making the Most of College, and he said the number one thing you're paying for when you go to college is time with expert faculty. That's the number one thing you're paying for. And our students have to, I mean, it, it would be robbing them of that experience if Shay and I, or most schools generally, that had some sort of a placement system, which is a myth. Most colleges and universities don't have this thing of, well, I signed up for an internship and, and Shay just put me in one. Mm-hmm. No, an employer has to choose you. And we, we do a talk with the business school students that has a little motto throughout that says, the resume is not enough. Employers don't have to choose you. And those students' eyes get this big yeah. and they go, oh, I had not thought about mm-hmm. the fact that. It's their option to choose right. me. How can mm-hmm. I be the best candidate? And part of our job is making sure they're the best candidate. Yeah, uh, developing partnerships with um, businesses and Gardner Web doing that uh, does open some doors. Uh, a few years ago, you mentioned the pandemic and uh, the Cleveland County Arts Council in Shelby, North Carolina. Uh, they have an annual event in the summer called the Real Real Film Festival, and it had to go remote. And so uh, they were in need of some extra help. And so I, I know that they at that time, um, created an internship for the summer. So now three years running, 
they have internship opportunities, and it's not open just for Gardner-Webb students. It's open for others. I think this year they've got someone from the School of the Arts that's taking part as well. But it's established something that is a need that they realized was a need before, but because uh, we had someone who could step in and do what they needed, they, I guess they didn't realize just how much that need was. And now they know that if some, someone wasn't there, there'd be a huge void. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think any time that Garden Web can create opportunities for partnerships, uh, I think that we can show that there's, there's deep value there, um, not just for the student, and for Gardner Webb, but for the organization as well. And, and that's a big part of what Shay and I do. We we do a lot of, of creating and sort of grooming those pipelines. I mean, we get contacted by employers a lot, but we also reach out to employers, encouraging them to let us help them develop an internship because a lot of times they don't have a clue as to what that entails, and it seems intimidating. And, um, you know, if, especially if you're a small business, you're worried about different types of federal regulations and what you're allowed to do. Um, but we sort of have uh, the guidelines and packaged in a way that employers – figure out pretty quickly this is not hard and it's actually really beneficial um so that's a big part of what we do but again we could not do that without these faculty because so many of them have done such a great job i think about when dr Carey was in communications he has created so many uh, pipelines over the years that his students relied upon but they still had to secure that internship right but having that network was just so valuable you you talk about the academic side and students uh, can receive academic credit for, uh, for doing internships, if they follow the procedure, if they mm-hmm. sign up and get approved and all of those things. They don't just go do it and say, okay, I want, I want to get credit for what I just we, did. We have had that happen, <laughs> but it's not ideal. <laughs> but uh, you do get real-world experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about um, the, the fact that you can get the academic credit compared to the real-world experience and how those two things can marry each other. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, like we talk about this all the time, but we do want students while they're here to in college to have part-time jobs because you get those transferable skills. Um, you know, you get the, I, how do I deal with my boss? How do I show up to work on time? I got to handle money. All of these transferable skills are great. Um, but how do you get skills in your career-related related field? Like, how do I how do I do that? Well, that's, that's an internship. Um, and so we always talk about, you know, yes, that part-time job is great, but that internship is going to really give you those specific skills for your career. You know, we we joke about this all the time, but if we have a student that has a part-time job at Bojangles, that's awesome. You're going to get a ton of great skills from that. But if you want to be a graphic designer, right? How much how much are you getting from that job? Right. Um, so we, you know, that internship is really how you get that real world, those specific skills for your career. And like we said, you know, it could be that I, I'm not built for this mm-hmm. and I need to do something else. What else do I need to do? Um, so one of the things Shay and I do every summer, we call it the summer internship road mm-hmm. trip and we go around and yeah. do site visits. It's, this is something we just wanted to do a few years ago. We started it to just feature students. Mm-hmm. Um, faculty actually go out and do site visits to make sure that the student's experience really aligns with what they uh, had you know agreed to we don't want there to be a bait and switch on any of that stuff and um, but we go out to sort of do these feature stories on students and put them on social media and it's interesting for us to see how formal students have become in those environments because we see them on campus we mm-hmm. see them out in our local community <laughs> but we'll go to Charlotte and to uh, you know Wells Fargo right we had, and here's this student that was an athlete here but is so dressed up and even the way she's speaking to us is such a new thing for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's neat to see that transformation and that they almost put it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had a student that was at um, Spectrum mm-hmm. down in uh, South Carolina at yeah. one of the corporate hubs, and we went down there and just 
it was like a totally different person when we were there yeah. with that student because she was putting on that professional mm-hmm. attire and atmosphere and just being in that environment. I think for so many of our students, there's a transformation that happens only in that environment. Right. They're not getting that elsewhere, like Shay described, those part-time jobs. Um, so it's really neat to see that and them take it seriously. Yeah, well, the way that we relate to jobs and internships uh, has changed during the pandemic. There are some things that we used to never think could even be possible until we were kind of forced to, to do that. Talk, Speak about some of those things that changed during the pandemic, but the things that you feel will still be here um, going forward because of what the pandemic showed us in a positive light. Yeah, I would say remote jobs, remote internships, hybrid models. Um, I think the pandemic showed a lot of people that, you know, the work-life balance, they kind of realized that that needs to be more important than they've probably, we've probably made it in the past. And so um, that's probably, you know, a big reason for the big resignation that we kind of saw, right. that, you know, all of that. Um, but the, th- the good thing I think right now for our students is there's a lot of jobs available. Yeah. Um, and so I think the power is kind of in their hands in the, um, and then the employees' hands is, you know, they have a lot of options and they kind of have a little bit of more freedom in choosing jobs. Um, that's one thing I think is kind of definitely changed. Yeah, I mean, the the higher rate, the past few years that Shay and I have worked in this world, the higher rate has been strong for graduate students. I mean, it's always up over 70%, either, either going to grad school full-time or hired full-time upon graduation. So we're proud of that. But what's changing is what these students are being hired into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a swimmer here that just graduated, and because of the remote world, she got a job with an insurance company working fully remote, and she's moving to Hawaii for a year. Wow. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that option, yeah. she didn't have that option before. Right. Now, she, she you know, understands that, that through the hybrid world, those, those changes that happened as a part of COVID, it gives her that option. I, I don't think that's going away. We're reading a book right now called uh, Redesigning Work, and it's written by uh, uh, a lady in, in uh, Great Britain about this hybrid model, how universities, companies, everyone's got to embrace this. Um, because it's not going away. And there are some great advantages to that. Now, again, there's certain industries where it doesn't work well. Um, but we've seen on our students' part, um, ha- having to incorporate the search for remote internships and remote work as a part of that job search is such an eye-opener. When when they go into Handshake, one of the, the, the search tools that we use, Handshake is the largest uh, employer-to-student platform in the world. Most most colleges of any size use Handshake, but when you go in there now and and search for remote positions, I mean there are thousands that did not exist two years ago, and it's the same positions. Mm-hmm. They've just become hybrid or remote. So um, we're hoping students continue to embrace that because we don't see that leaving the the work world. Yeah, you, you covered a lot of things about uh, how we at Gardner Webb uh, can prepare students, opportunities we can offer them for that job market. What are some other things that you think um, we need to touch on relating to how we can prepare college students today for the job market and for the job search? Well, I'm just going to say this right out of the gate. We've got to keep our educational standards high, um, and we have to make sure there's a culture of self-discipline and self-management, both in the classroom, on athletic teams, outside the classroom, because that's something that if you can develop that now, it makes life in the work world so much better for you and the employer. One of the number one things employers tell us they want are great self-managers. Mm-hmm. They don't want to micromanage right. their employees. But a lot of times, the the or historically at least, the um, sort of caricature of the college student is not that person. Um, they, they leave college with less than stellar 
um, uh, skills in that world. So we want to make sure that we're preparing them to be great self-managers while they're here and developing habits that, that are easy to translate into life after college. And if we can live that way now, it's a lot easier to live that way after college. Do you think there's anything that's overlooked as um, students prepare for what's next? I think something that they overlook is um, networking. Okay. Um, You know, a lot of our students, most of our students get hired through some type of relationship. Um, And a lot of them, I think a lot of them think about it way too late. And then, so we, we always talk about start networking early, start networking early, come to the career fair, talk to those people as a freshman, as a sophomore. So then as a junior they they remember you. You have that relationship. Um, you know, we talk about that all the time. Is just build those relationships now, and it's going to be so much easier for you later on. So I think that's one thing our students overlook a little bit is starting networking earlier rather than waiting till junior or senior year, and then being like, oh, I need a job. Yeah. Who can I ask? Yeah. We 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 do a talk in a number of classes on networking, and one of the things we say to them is, you know, network with those ahead of you, beside mm-hmm. you, and behind you. And so, like in, in the business school, I, we usually do this thing. Well, we'll say, how many of you in here expect to be hiring people one day? You want to be in a hiring seat, and a lot of hands mm-hmm. go up. And I'm yeah. sorry. Look around you. This is your workforce. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, gosh, that, that guy. And I said, well, they're thinking the same thing about right. you. you right. know. So how do I start to develop that relationship now, but also make myself a standout among that network? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. You're talking about relationships and networking. And I've seen college students come into Gardner-Webb and embrace it for the community. It is not just the campus but kind of that town and gown community where they go out and they get involved in local churches uh, mm-hmm. or get involved in local community groups that fit their passions. Uh, I think there's real benefit to that as well. And, and especially when you do get to the point that you're ready to move on, whether it be an internship or a job, you already have some people in the community that can connect with you that have already, you've already built up these references uh, whether it's a local nonprofit or a local you know, business group, uh, whatever. Uh, have you got any real-world examples of some of those kinds of things you've seen where that community has expanded from just a, a group of friends at Gardner Webb? I think when you mention church, that's huge in this community. And, and because of Gardner Webb's history, we still see that, uh, you know, that we, we always encourage students, and I think our, our faculty and staff do too, to put down deep roots in a local church while you're here. And we hope, again, that's one of those habits they develop here and, and you know, continue as they leave. Um, we we do a thing. Shay and I go into all the University 111 classes, so that, that freshman experience, that, that, you know, entry to college course. And we talk about things you can do in college to develop your resume and service to your local community is one of those big things um, because, again, it creates a network that may is semi-professional. Maybe it doesn't feel like the same professional network, but it connects you with tons of folks that are, are professionals or paraprofessionals or people in ministry or in local nonprofits. And and it sort of dispels some of those myths. We actually do a thing, a, a series we call Mythbusters, and one of the ones hmm. we've done is on nonprofits and students. It's, it's sort of an eye-opener that, that this place that I'm volunteering at uh, – you know, hires business majors right. or communications majors. Right. I'd never thought about that. And so we've had some some sort of mild experiences turn into really great opportunities, purely educational because students, you know, were sort of required to go do a service project as a part of a class, and it opened up a new door for relationships. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you thought about Handshake earlier and as a, a way that students can find jobs. What are some other tools that you use? And, uh, and a follow-up question is LinkedIn still relevant 
And if not, what, what else is out there that, that students, college students should be involved in? Yeah, um, I'll tackle the LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Um, okay. I'm on it every day. So it's 100% still relevant. There's like, uh, so I looked up some facts just to make sure I was accurate. There's still <laughs> over 740 million members on wow. LinkedIn and three people are hired every minute wow. through LinkedIn. So it's super relevant. And especially, I think it's always been relevant, but during COVID, I think it ramped up even more because you couldn't network in person. So how else are you going to meet people? How are you going to get to know people? Um, and so I think LinkedIn really kind of ramped up during COVID especially, but um, I'll give a real world example on that. I, um, my daughter has a really close friend who got a job at Brown University and they sought her out mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. It's mm-hmm. like, wow. It's a okay. two-way street. Yeah. 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 And it's a remote job. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really awesome site. You can connect with literally anyone. You can connect with the CEO of your favorite company. You can connect with your favorite author. You can connect with your classmates. Um, and again, building that network is super important. And employers, when they if you're going for an interview, they're going to look on LinkedIn and see if you have a LinkedIn profile. And if you don't, there, it might be a red flag. You know, they're just, why aren't you on LinkedIn? This is what it's kind of expected as a professional. And so um, we encourage a lot of our students to be on LinkedIn and um, you know, we do a LinkedIn workshop as well. And just, you know, really encouraging them to get connections, you know, put your information out there, start building those relationships. Cause like, like you said, Someone can reach out to you on LinkedIn and offer you a job. That's great because so. you answer my question, do you provide workshops or, or templates mm-hmm. or ideas to help students build that profile? Yeah, yep. and it's, it's it's on par with a resume. Like Shay yeah. said, when we get a resume, the first thing we do is look folks up on LinkedIn. Whether we should do that or not, I don't mm-hmm. know. Sometimes with implicit bias, you know, in your yeah. humanness, you want to see what a person yeah. looks like. But there's so much more to it than mm-hmm. that. And um, LinkedIn, too, has all these things now that offer credibility where you mm-hmm. can validate skills and take – um, almost like references have people endorse you, mm-hmm. yes. which has changed mm-hmm. the the employment game. And we see a lot of recruiters immediately looking for those kind of things because it makes their job easier. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts or comments you want to make sure you share uh, before we wrap the show today? Students need to be using Handshake. Um, and so Handshake, another new one is Going Global. If you're looking for anything outside of the U.S., Going Global has over 16 million positions in it worldwide, and it's designed for college students. Um, so those are two big things when you think about uh, getting your value out of the Gardner Web experience. Use those resources because we're using your money to provide them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much to Micah Martin, Shay Mattingly, for joining us today right here on WebChat. Uh, you can find them at the Center for Personal and Professional Development. Is there a, a website or an email that you recommend uh, that you send it's, people? It's career at gardner-web.edu. That's our email. That's the easiest thing. Obviously, if you go to the Career Services homepage on the, on the website, you mm-hmm. can read all about us. And the website is gardner-web.edu. Uh, thank you both for joining us right here. You can find and subscribe to Official Garden Web Podcasts just like these on your favorite platforms like Spotify, Google Podcast, and Amazon Podcast. I do appreciate everybody who took the time to join us today, and we'll see you uh, next time right here on the Bulldog Nation Podcast Network. Until next time, I'm Noel T. Manning II.